I had a fancy light that I was going to turn on over here um, for Valentine's Day, but I'm not sure I know where the switch is, so we're, we're going to leave that alone. It, we'll light it up after service, and it'll look beautiful, all right? Make sure everybody looks. Um, you know, I want to say something as I, uh, I come up here. Um, I was thinking this morning, as I, I was thinking as I was sitting here, and we were say, uh, Meredith was blessing us in song, and I was thinking, wow, I should just get up there and say, it's so cold outside, so let's make it warm in here and greet each other. And then I thanked myself, I thanked God that our church, we don't need to have that uh, time of standing up and shaking each other's hands because we're an authentic church. We love each other. When we walk in, hopefully you said good morning to each other. Um, hopefully when we come in here, we're authentically saying good morning to each other. And um, hopefully you know that when I say good morning to you that I genuinely pray that your, your morning has begun well and I thank you for being here. I appreciate that, that you're here today. So uh, you know, we don't have to get up and shake each other's hands and all that stuff. So I appreciate that. It, you know, the simple things, right? So uh, another thing I want to say this morning is I'm, I apologize about the bulletin. The bulletin looks horrible. And uh, the, the notes on the back, this is supposed to help you. And I I'm hardly think it's going to help you unless you kind of do one of these and start to kind of read it like this. So uh, I apologize. Um, one good thing I could say about that is that our bulletins are about to be, uh, from now on, will be found online as well. Um, we've had requests from outside of our church that we would put our bulletins online. I think that's because I've been saying there's notes in the bulletin, so we're making people online jealous. And they're saying, what are our, we're not getting the whole deal here. So uh, from now on, if you go to the website, there's two things I want to say about that. If you go to our website, you can find announcements on our website from now on in the right column. And you can also find each week you'll find the bulletin. If you click on the month, it'll bring you to the bulletin of that week. So everything's going to be on the website. You can start clicking and going to February, and you'll find everything you need about our church right there in February. So, uh, again, I apologize about the bulletin. There are a couple things that I'm going to be pointing out that are on the back of your bulletin this morning. So prayerfully, you will uh, be able to utilize this, and if not, please find it online, and it'll look much prettier there. Let's pray before I get into my message this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we've just been blessed in song about the glory of your name. We ask that you would empower us this morning to come to a, a better understanding of your name, Lord. What does that mean, the power of your name, the glory of your name? Go before me in, in prepping our minds, Lord, and our hearts to be ready for what you want to say to us, Lord, that we would be receptive to your message, that we would think through the truth that is given to us through Scripture, that we would allow the renewing of our minds, Lord, and that we would allow you again to be more fully formed in our understanding, in our minds, and our hearts. We glorify you, Lord. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you have given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. We magnify your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I've entitled my message this morning, In Jesus' Name. Fitting title. We seem to say it a lot around here. And I believe by the end of today's message, you're going to have a better understanding of why it is that we say, In Jesus' Name, almost continually. Right? You should hear it. When you come into this place, you should hear, In Jesus' Name, again and again and again. And it's not a mantra, so we're, we're going to deal with that this morning. You know, we're going to clarify. Uh, in my name, in Jesus' name, or in his name, are phrases we see all throughout the Bible. And as one sermon on the topic noted, the devils were powerless because of his name, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The demons were cast out in his name, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. Healing occurred in his name, Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Acts chapter 3, verse 16, and Acts chapter 4, verse 10. Again, all of this is noted on the back of your bulletin. Salvation comes in his name, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. We are baptized in his name, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. We are justified in his name, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. Everything we do and say is to be done in his name. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. So clearly it's very important to do things in the name of Jesus. It's, the Bible is very clear and very emphatic on that detail. Sadly, more often than not, many use this phrase as a seeming religious mantra. They just kind of, in Jesus' name, numbly say it, in Jesus' name. And as Christians, as authentic Christians, the one thing we should be doing is, is looking at when our culture or when the church or anybody begins to almost repeat things without any meaning, we should try to stay away from that. Or we should call out the problem. That, you know, we don't want to just numbly be reciting things, believing things, saying things. Um, again, that, that all goes to the vision I've shared for our church this year about a thinking faith. That we don't want to be a people that are just standing with traditions or standing with whatever we made up in Jesus' name means. We want to make sure that it is something that the truth of God, that we could actually think through and better understand how that applies to our life. We don't just numbly repeat religious thoughts or doctrines. Instead, we search them out through the scriptures as the noble Bereans did in the book of Acts. Then we use that historical context. Perfectly, this is what you know how to read your Bible. You use that historical context to properly and healthily establish application for ourselves today. That's how we do it. We learn the history of the Bible. We learn their historic scene, and then we allow that to be drawn into our lives and understand the application. So I bring to the forefront this morning, what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? What are we saying when we say we're praying in the name of Jesus? What application does this have for us in, in our, our individual lives in the 21st century? I'm going to share a couple of verses with you. They're listed in the bulletin. Um, I'm just going to read through them and clarify some points. The following scriptures express the power of the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So the first thing we're seeing there is that when you ask in Jesus' name, we're doing this so that the Father would be glorified in the Son, right? So that the Father would be glorified in the Son. In my notes, I have that extra bold. I'm, if you're, you, know, you write in your Bible, you might want to underline that in your Bible, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then we go to John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. So we do things in the name of Jesus. We ask things in the name of Jesus. Why? So that your joy will be made full. John chapter 20, verse 31. I highlighted this entire text. But these have been written so that you may believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. You have life in his name, and these things were written to show you that you have life in his name. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his name, his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. So again, asking things in Jesus' names gives us a boldness, a confidence that we are called to have as Christ followers. Simply put, the phrase in the name of means to do something by way of that authority. Right, to do something in the authority of that name. As just shown here, there are various meanings and blessings that come by way of doing things in the name of Jesus Christ. So that the Father may be glorified, so that your joy may be full, life in his name, which all things have been written to establish, and to express our confidence in him. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. A sermon I recently read, which the link will be provided on the online bulletin, the, the preacher had mentioned the following points 
as that which is made known to us when we pray in the name of Jesus. He said, we are admitting the bankruptcy of our own name. See, we are coming to terms with that doing things by our own authority, doing things in our own name or any other name outside of Jesus Christ is bankrupt. I actually will elaborate further on that this morning. We are also identifying with Christ, right? When we pray in the name of Jesus, we're saying we identify with Christ. We identify that there's power in that name. And prayerfully, as we pray in that name, we're also recognizing our responsibility to represent him, right? So not only are we identifying with him and seeing the power and pointing out the power in his name, we are also calling ourselves to be responsible in regards to Christ's name, carrying forth what his name represents. And then we are also utilizing his authority, right? When we pray in the name of Jesus, we're utilizing his authority, which we just showed through the scriptures glorifies the Father. So when we use the authority of Jesus, we are glorifying the Father, because that's the will of the Father, that the saints would do all things through Jesus Christ. That would be enough for me. If, if, you asked, if I told you all of that, hopefully this morning you're already coming to terms with it and saying, well, that should be enough. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Right there. Bankruptcy of our own name, the power, the authority to glorify the Father to be, to our, so that our joy would be made full. It, that seems pretty simple. That seems good enough for me already. However, as we unpack the details and see more of an applicational understanding of the use of in the name of Jesus, I believe that we will see how even more glorious it is to do all things in the name of Jesus. Jesus' authority was questioned many times. However, as we read scripture, we immediately notice that he stormed the temple and he drove out all these money changers. When questioned, Christ challenged the very minds and hearts of the religious leaders by seeking to convict them to truly express where they thought his authority came from. If you remember all those stories in scripture, when Jesus is doing all these miracles, the Pharise- after he storms the temple and he says, you know, I will do this in the name of the, fa- for the, z- the zeal of the Father, uh, my Father's house, he comes out and the Pharisees begin to ask him, by what authority do you teach these things? Do you think that you have the right to storm into the temple and drive out money changers? And Jesus basically challenges them and he says, well, by what authority do you believe John's baptism has been done? And Pharisees all looked around and knowing, you know, don't do this. This is about to be a rough day if we say that John's, you know, if you say John's baptism was earthly, not really anything of much value, they knew they would have gained a whole crowd of enemies. But if they said that there was power in John's baptism, they would also gain a whole crowd of enemies. So it was a losing battle. So Jesus, instead of kind of making them decide on that, he, he went right to the heart of the matter. He said, I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do these things in then. I'm just going to simply ask you, by what authority do you believe John's baptism is? And he left it in their hands. And you see they get aggravated. You know, I'd urge you to go back. And one of the ways I looked into that was I just Googled Jesus' authority. Put that in Google. Watch all the verses pop up and read through some of those passages. And you'll see that the authority of Jesus was really questioned and challenged in that first century. They simply could not submit to the authority of Jesus, right? As one preacher put it, the problem that those Jewish religious leaders put faced is the same problem that every person who comes into contact with Jesus faces. His authority confronts my authority. I like the authority I think I have in my own name. I like the, the, you know, my, what, my will, my desires, my kingdom. I love that. So when I come to face Jesus, the power of Jesus' name, his authority confronts mine, challenges my authority. Am I doing it in the name of Michael Miano? Am I doing it in the name of whatever ideology I might be following, or am I doing it in the name of where true authority and power comes from? And do I really believe that, that there's 
power and authority in the name of Jesus. We see very clearly that Jesus Christ spoke with authority.